As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Wrapping up a wild Week 10 Sunday on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Fantasy Football in 15. Here at The Athletic, I am Michael Beller, joined by Derek Van Riper. It is Monday, November 16th, and we are here on a crazy Monday after what we just witnessed on Sunday, one of the wildest Sundays that we have had in this NFL season here. I mean, Derek, where do you even start with a Sunday like the one that we just got over? I mean, Kyler Murray's Hail Mary, or Hail Murray, I guess we'll call it, to DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Did you just come up with that? No, I saw it somewhere on Twitter. I don't know if that, oh, I think it might have been C.J. Holmes from The Athletic who put it out there first. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty much perfect. So hopefully yeah. that sticks, and if it was C.J., let's give C.J. all of the credit for that. Um, you can't give Kyler Murray any time. He's just too dangerous from anywhere on the field because the Bills – Took the lead with about 28 seconds left, I think it was, and Arizona still managed to find a way to score uh, to end that game. But a great late window, especially the first half of the day was a bit light. I love the schedule for Week 10. I want more even scheduling between the early block and the late block. It makes for better red zone enjoyment. You know what would have been awesome? The one thing missing from that Hale Murray was a camera, like a, a you know some sort of like live looking cam at Bill O'Brien watching that play, <laughs> yeah. and seeing DeAndre Hopkins come down with that Hale Murray on the other end of it because oh my god, I mean that trade just looks worse and worse by the week, and uh, yeah, just what a what a capper. I mean, what an exclamation point on what was a crazy Sunday, and really, you know, if we're being honest about it, a crazy second set of games, because the first set left a little to be desired, but we did learn some things in that first set, and that is where we are going to start with three different backfields, all of which played in one of those first five games. The first one I want to talk about, Derek, is in Detroit. It has happened. I feel comfortable saying it. It has happened DeAndre Swift has taken over, maybe not only as the lead back for the Lions, but as a workhorse back, 16 carries for 81 yards, got five targets, caught all of them for 68 yards, and a touchdown in the Lions' win over Washington. So that is 149 yards and a score on 21 touches. 
This is what we've been waiting for. And if we're being realistic, we knew it was going to take some time, and that's not really a, that's not a knock whatsoever on Matt Patricia, on Daryl Bevel, on the Lions coaching staff. We've seen a lot of rookies worked in like this. If we want to knock them for this, then we got to knock Doug Peterson for the way Miles Sanders was handled a year ago. But we are at this point now that DeAndre Swift is the guy in Detroit. Adrian Peterson, Carrion Johnson, virtual nothings in the game plan in Week 10. So what are some realistic expectations for DeAndre Swift the rest of the season? I mean, I think he could be a top 10 running back the rest of the way. Part of it's the attrition of the position, but part of it's the way he's used. He's the kind of guy that doesn't get scripted out of games. On a per-carry basis, he's really efficient. And for all the faults that the Lions have as a franchise, their 2020 offense isn't that bad. So there are plenty of scoring opportunities for DeAndre Swift as well. He's really ticking all the boxes. Look ahead to the schedule. Carolina, Houston, Chicago, Green Bay, Tennessee. I think four of those teams are in the bottom five in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. So some really nice matchups coming up. If you make it to the championship in your fantasy league, Pretty tough matchup against Tampa Bay in Week 16, but if you're getting 15-plus carries and four or five targets the way DeAndre Swift appears to be at this point, that's going to get it done. So I think he could be a top-10 running back the rest of the way now that they've really kind of pushed AP and on Johnson aside. I totally agree with you, and you know what? I mean, are you going to be super pumped about facing the Buccaneers in Week 16 if you make it to your championship game and have DeAndre Swift on your team? Of course not, but you don't get to pick and choose what your uh, matchups are in Championship Week. I think you'll just be happy to be in the position where you can be sad about DeAndre Swift having to go up against that Buccaneers defense, and if you do get there with DeAndre Swift on your team, Got a good feeling that he is going to be a big reason why we saw what a DeAndre Swift in a total control of a backfield can look like in that game against Washington. And Washington, we talk about that pass rush, and obviously that is what makes the defense great is their ability to get after the passer. But when you have that, you're still just a good defense overall. And we've seen Washington make life tough on some running backs this season. So not only did he do it, but he did it in what was definitely not a rollover spot against a Washington defense that has made some offenses look bad this season. 149 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown on 21 touches. DeAndre Swift, the takeover has arrived. Let's move over now to the Cleveland Browns here, Derek. We got Nick Chubb back in week 10 from the knee injury that has had him out since week four. And this was just Cleveland Browns redux, exactly what we saw from this team. The first three and a half games of the season before Chubb suffered the injury was right back in full effect against Houston in that 10 to seven win. Nick Chubb gave you 19 carries for 126 yards and a touchdown. Uh, a lot of gamblers out there wish that he would have added a second touchdown to the rolls, but Nick Chubb just sidestepped out of bounds at the one-yard line after sealing the win for the Browns. Kareem Hunt, meanwhile, uh, for most of the day, looked like the better running back. 19 carries for 104 yards, three catches for 28 yards. But this is what we knew this backfield was, right? Nick Chubb's going to be a guy who gets it done all on the ground and can get it done in a big way. Kareem Hunt brings a little bit of both, and can also get it done in a big way. I guess we're sort of just confirming what we already knew, which is that if you have either one of these guys, you start them and you start them with confidence. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing in a full PPR league and you look back at the four complete games that Chubb and Hunt have played in together this season, they've each had 15 fantasy points in three of those four games. So they can definitely coexist, and that was earlier in the year when Odell Beckham was healthy. So there's one fewer weapon in the Cleveland offense that they're going to be a ground-heavy attack. Maybe that was kind of ex in the extreme because of the matchup against Houston 
the Texans run defense is soft, but also because of the weather in that matchup too. Very windy conditions made it very difficult to throw the ball. Uh, but I do think you can play both each and every week. I mean, Chubb to me is top 10 back with ease. I think he's one of the most talented backs in the league. And because Hunt continues to pick up a decent number of carries to go along with that passing down work, I think his floor is at least a flex play every week, but I see him as more of an RB2 at this point. Totally with you there, and maybe next year will be the year that people just go into it saying, you know what, Nick Chubb, he's probably pretty good. Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones are the two guys who I feel like 2021 is the season when people will finally start assuming that workload's going to be an issue or that regression's going to be an issue. Let's just remember, Nick Chubb, 2018, his rookie year, basically didn't touch the ball the first half of the season, still ended the year with 996 yards on the ground and eight touchdowns. Then 2019, 1,500 yards and eight touchdowns. We know what he's already doing in this 2020 season. Nick Chubb, definitely, I'm with you there, Derek. One of the top 10 most talented backs in the NFL and with ease. So, yes, I feel very good about having either one of these Browns backs on my team, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. One more running back who played in that early window that I want to talk about is Ronald Jones. Now, this is one. This is the reverse of DeAndre Swift. I don't think we're ever going to feel comfortable saying that one of the backs is in control in Tampa, but let's just be honest about what we saw in Week 10. We saw, once again, Ronald Jones leading this team on the ground, 23 carries for 192 yards, and a touchdown had that big 98-yard touchdown run, but hey, 22 carries for uh, just shy of 100 yards. Other than that, I mean, you still feel pretty good about what he did, even if you take that big play away. And of course, you can't take that big play away. Meanwhile, Leonard Fournette, just eight carries for 19 yards, two catches for 11 yards. We know that neither one of these guys is going to force the one totally out of the picture. But are we in a position where you can at least feel comfortable with Ronald Jones in your starting lineup? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's a good enough Tampa Bay offense where even if the workload becomes a more even split in the backfield again, which I certainly can't rule out, I think you'd be okay in the week that that happens. You're not going to be totally screwed unless Ronald Jones like fumbles twice on two carries or something, in which case we'll never hear from him again <laughs> as a member of uh, a Bruce Arians-led yep. Tampa but Bay That's offense. an important point. I'm sorry to cut you off. That's an important point, though. He fumbled early in this game, and they went back to him. And so maybe we put even more stock into that given Bruce Arians' history with backs who fumble. I mean, you go back, though, week eight, seven carries for 23 yards. Week nine, three carries for nine yards. The bottom can fall out really quickly. We've seen mm -hmm. a string of three 100-yard games on the ground back in weeks four through six from Ronald Jones. So I trust him <laughs> I trust him a, a little <laughs> bit more than I did coming into week 10, but this is still one of the more volatile backfields in the league, and they've had a reasonably tough matchup coming up in week 11 against the Rams. He's probably in because we still have bye weeks. We still have a lot of injuries. Easier matchup coming up in week 12. But if you said, oh, yeah, we're going to get to week 14, week 15, and you're not going to feel good about Ronald Jones, well, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't dispute that. I think it's at least possible given the uneven workloads and production we've seen for him this season. It's the only backfield in the league where we could have a guy with four 100-yard games, including one where he just went for 192, uh, one, two, three, four, five touchdowns on the ground, week 10, and we're still like, uh, can we trust him? <laughs> Not exactly sure. That is the Bruce Arians way, but it does at least have Aaron Jones ahead for the time being, and maybe that's as good as it's going to get for Jones or Fournette, for that matter, this season. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, let's move on to those more exciting late-window games. The first situation that I want to talk about is down in Miami with Salvan Ahmed. A good game for Ahmed in the Dolphins' win over the Chargers on Sunday. 21 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. This came after a modest seven carries, but for 38 yards in Week 9, where he led the team in uh, rushing yardage. So at least he had that going for him, and then they gave him this bigger role. We know that Matt Breida trying to make his way back from the hamstring injury. We know Miles Gaskin trying to make his way back from a knee injury. But with what we've seen from Ahmed these last two weeks, I feel like he's got to be someone who we are considering as one of the best players to go after on the wire this week. Yeah, it's all about the opportunity. And I think in the Miami backfield, you don't necessarily have anybody other than Miles Gaskin who can lay claim to be the feature back. So it all rides on the health of Gaskin. But if you were to say Ackman's going to be the clear-cut number two guy and ultimately the temporary fill-in and a guy like Matt Breida is going to get pushed aside and Jordan Howard, who's really had trouble having a consistent role all season long, if he's just a spare part at this point, that totally makes sense. So uh, Ahmed, I think, is probably in our dreaded 20 to 25 main range among running backs if he gets another opportunity to start against the Broncos in Week 11. That was a porous-looking Broncos defense against the Raiders on Sunday, too. So that matchup looks even better coming out of Sunday than it did going into Week 10. Yeah, they got just carved up by Josh Jacobs and the Raiders' offense uh, in that uh, in that game in Week Ten. Definitely looking like it could be a decent matchup, and we'll see if either Breida or Gaskin is able to get back. But uh, so long as they aren't, it looks like Salvan Ahmed, someone who is going to be worth chasing on waivers this week. Let's move over to uh, part of that Arizona game. I mean, the game of the day for sure. Arizona pulling out the thirty-two thirty win over the Bills with the hail mary pass from Kyler Murray to. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins at the end. But I want to talk about the backfield here because Chase Edmonds uh, got pushed aside for Kenyon Drake. And just like we talked about with Cleveland, it was sort of back to the same old, same old Kenyon Drake, 16 carries for 100 yards. Chase Edmonds looked good with his opportunities, eight carries for 56 yards, three catches for 21 yards. But if that's going to be the deal for Chase Edmonds, eight carries, three targets, somewhere in there, 12, 13 opportunities as a max, uh, uh, how comfortable can you be playing him? Yeah, with Edmonds, uh, you almost have to look at the game scripts. If the Cardinals are underdogs, that's a game script that pushes Chase Edmonds onto the field a bit more often because of his passing down role. I think it's a less talented backfield than what we have in Cleveland, and because Kyler Murray does so much damage with his own legs, that also chips away at some of the, the ceiling week in and week out for this backfield when both running backs are healthy. I would say when you look at Edmonds, 
he's not a lock to be in your lineup at this point now that Drake's back. I actually think he's the more talented back of the two, but the usage in Week 10 suggests that Cliff's King, Cliff Kingsbury doesn't agree with me on that one. Yeah, and uh, until he does, you know, we can't really be too confident. And Kenyon Drake, frankly, we got to be honest, you look good. You look good running the ball in that game. It does have the feeling where Kenyon Drake is Nick Chubb, Chase Edmonds is uh, Kareem Hunt, but it's at a much lesser level than what we see from Cleveland in both just how good the players are that we're talking about and the usage that the two backfields get. So it is a lesser version of what we get in Cleveland. I feel good about Drake going forward. Edmonds is going to be more of a matchup thing. And one more thing that I want to talk about here from that same game, Derek, how about Cole Beasley coming through with the monster game, 11 catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. You had John Brown leaving that game with a lower leg injury. And if we go back to another game that John Brown missed earlier this season, we find Cole Beasley's other 100-yard game. We know what Buffalo's offense is and can be from week to week. If John Brown is going to be missing some time, and this is purely speculation at this point, we are recording this episode on Sunday night, so we know nothing about John Brown's leg other than the fact that he left the game. But if he's going to be missing some time, I think Cole Beasley becomes a pretty intriguing guy in fantasy leagues. This team does have a bye in week 11. We should put that out there. Yeah, I mean, Beasley's always, like, one of the better slot receivers available on the waiver wire in my leagues, and if John Brown were to miss some time, I think that would make Beasley good enough to add. I think it would also give a boost to Gabriel Davis. We've seen that happen to this point uh, as well. When John Brown disappears, Gabriel Davis is the big play guy that often steps up as well. Yeah, so uh, something to think about as you are making your waiver claims this week. That's going to do it for us on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. You can still get yourself a subscription to The Athletic for $1 a week if you haven't done so already. Go to theathletic.com slash football in 15 to do so. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. We will be right back here with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening and enjoy the Monday night game between the Vikings and Bears.